Night Moves, an exploration of contemporary sexuality. Night Moves is a weekly radio sex talk show. A sex talk show full of information, interviews, and inquiries. We answer your questions every week on air. Each week we bring you current research and sexuality, a guest interview. After that, we'll answer questions from listeners like you. I'm your host, Ann Hardy. As a registered nurse, I talk to male patients about erectile dysfunction. I'm Kay Crow, ASEX certified sex therapist in private practice and local sexpert to those who are curious. I'm Ray, your friendly man about town. I'm a guy who's been around the block a bunch of times, and I'm here to share opinions to help get you laid and keep you safe. Welcome to Night Moves, an exploration of contemporary sexuality. This week, we're exploring consent. We all know better. Our guests are Jay and Donnie, managers of the Players Club that caters to the lifestyle. And then we'll answer questions from email. Trying to make some front page driving news. Working on our nine moves. Welcome to Night Moves, an exploration of contemporary sexuality. We're exploring consent as part of a multi-series looking at different aspects of consent. This week, we're looking at what men really know about consent. When another allegation of sexual misconduct against a powerful man becomes public, these men usually deny coercion and swear it was 100% consensual but it's not what the women say. Peggy Orenstein, who is an award-winning author, her latest book is Don't Call Me Princess, Essays on Girls, Women, Sex, and Life. She also has great TED Talks. She's a frequent contributor to the New York Times. She writes about the divergence between men and women's sexuality. She did an interview with 70 women between the age of 15 and 20, and found that most young women believe they are expected to please their sexual partners, but they do not expect to be pleasured. So back to the men that say it was consensual, rarely do they define what that even means. For example, did they jointly discuss which erotic acts they wanted, or did they assume that any activity was okay as long as she didn't say no, and was negotiation even considered? Have to wonder. For example, while passionately kissing, does he think the door is then open for sex? Is there force? How about, did he push your head down for oral sex, thinking that's fair game because a lot of guys do that? What do they think about sex with underlings? Is that acceptable? Or does anything go for a career boost? Nicole Badera, a doctoral candidate in sociology at the University of Michigan, wants to answer some of these questions. She interviewed male college students in 2015 looking at consent. She found that men may not have the best judgment of whether sex was 
consensual. So the male subjects in the study could verbalize a basic idea of consent, and they described that both partners required a continuous verbal agreement of the activity, but when asked about recent sexual activity in a hookup and relationship, most of them admitted that they hadn't followed real consent in their endeavors, and they're operating in a real gray area of understanding. Interestingly, Badera observed that when men's behavior conflicted with their own definition of consent, they then expanded their definition of consent rather than question their conduct. The researcher found that their ideas of yes were so elastic that for some it met the legal criteria for assault. For an example, one guy coerced his girlfriend into anal sex. She said... I don't really want to, but I guess I'll let you. Then she made it clear that he should stop in the middle, and he did, eventually. He realized that she was upset, but rationalized it. He was angry with her for refusing him because he thought a real man shouldn't have to beg for sex. So I just wonder if a lot of the presumption of sex has to do with either hormones or the way men are socialized. It's possible. Going back to that specific example, clear consent in general is important, but it's especially important with something like anal sex. Because if you're really not into it, you will have pain. And I think something like anal sex needs a whole lot more discussion than just... Well, I don't want to, but oh, I guess it's okay. Young men offer excuses that they can't tell or aren't mind readers. However, when it comes to yes, they become mind readers. And men overinterpret women's interest frequently regarding having sex. And even more so if they've been under the influence. Yeah, I think uh, drinking gives a lot of people a free pass to act bad. Oh, uh, illicit substances as well. True. Researchers at CONFI, an online resource dedicated to women's health issues, asked 1,200 college students nationwide what they would expect to happen next if they went home with someone whom they'd met at a dance or a party. I'd believe that most guys think when you invite them to your place, (laughs) you are opening the door. Isn't that what all the movies tell us? That's true. That's true. Depicted that way. And in fact, 45% of men considered that if a woman invites them, that vaginal intercourse or oral sex is likely. But only 30% of women thought that. One in four men believe that women usually have to be convinced in order for sex to happen. Ooh, that's a terrible predicate. Young men still too often learn to prioritize their pleasure over women's feelings and to interpret a partner's behavior through the lens of their own wishes. One thing that I kind of want to bring up at this point is I believe men would have an obligation sometime to speak up when they see a drunk guy bothering a woman. And I know, Ray, you had shared an experience where you had been out at a place and a lady was really passed out and a guy started moving on her and you spoke up and said something. And I have to say, I really admired you when you told that story. Oh, thank you. I try to be a stand up guy. I've been on both sides of this equation, though, too. 
nobody's perfect and we've all had misunderstandings when it comes to the terms of consent. All of this research would indicate that in these high-profile cases all over the news, women's accusations are inherently more credible than male denial, regardless of how vehement that denial may be. Oh, and boy, do they deny. In the age of Me Too and Time's Up, we're still not doing a good job of educating our boys. Not just on the importance of consensual, ethical, mutually pleasurable sexuality, but they must understand that their own sense of entitlement may blind them to those values, leading them to cause harm, whether they choose it or not. So in this aspect of consent about what guys really know, what's your closing thoughts? I got some closing thoughts. First off, it's all of our responsibility to educate our children about consent, especially as parents. I actually want to focus on the matriarchal influence of a young child. Being that you are women, you have a responsibility to make your child understand even more so than anybody else what it is that you are willing to accept in life. You're responsible for speaking up for your gender and how your children understands that gender in every aspect and not just consent. Yes, I do believe that it's the mother's responsibility, but it's also the father that needs to model the correct behavior. Absolutely. Because if a mom's saying one thing and the dad's showing other behavior, the kid's going to follow the father. As men, we should be role models and we should definitely instill in our children that no means no is not acceptable behavior. We need to go by a yes means yes and an affirmative confirmation of consent. I really think that a big part of this perfect storm for sexual assault is women being conditioned to move passively into sexual behavior to begin with. This whole idea that that Ornstein came across that young women believe it's all about the male pleasure. It's not. It's about choosing what you want, saying what you want, communicating your expectations, and then sticking with them. And sometimes that means pissing someone off. And there's nothing wrong with doing that. Ladies and gentlemen, third wave feminism defined by K. Crow. (laughs) (laughs) And hopefully you can always get up and walk out the door. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Night Moves, an exploration of contemporary sexuality. And we're talking about sex, all kinds of sex, some serious, some lighthearted. And then we answer your questions that our listeners send in from email. Please send us your questions and comments to nightmovesksym at gmail.com. Stay tuned. Coming up next is our guest interview. I'm talking to Donnie and Jay, managers of the Players Club that caters to the lifestyle. They're going to share with us their thoughts and what they've seen on consent. After that, we'll answer questions from listeners like you. Welcome to Night Moves, an exploration of contemporary sexuality. This week, we're exploring consent. My guests are Jay and Donnie. They're managers of the Players Club, a club in the lifestyle. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Can you tell us or give us an explanation of the lifestyle used to be referred to as swinging and then even goes back 
to wife swapping way back. The word lifestyle has actually been encompassed over the last few years. It encompasses a lot of things. Anything from closet nudists all the way up to people who swap couples and even beyond that. It's a wide range. It encompasses way more now than what it has 30 years ago. So working in a club such as one that caters to the lifestyle, I'm sure consent is popular and people need to learn the proper etiquette. How do you communicate that to them? The thing about consent is it's not just popular, it's critically essential. We have to have the understanding of consent and what it means, especially within the lifestyle environment. For instance, don't touch without asking. That's a big thing right there. You don't want to cross boundaries and borders. The women, they need to understand it applies to them as well. Men, for the most part, based off of traditional roles, sometimes consent includes everything, when in fact she may only be consenting to say a portion of the things that you want to discuss or you'd like to experience with that person that evening. When a new couple walks through the door of the club, we have host couples that actually sit down and give them the consensual rules and kind of give them a tour of the club. We do have a newbie class the first Friday of every month that they can come in and actually get even more in-depth and more details. And we'll usually cover more of the aspects of what the lifestyle entails to include the subcategories of the consensual non-monogamous relationships that encompass the lifestyle to include nudity. We have polyamorous, we have open relations, and we have our classical swingers. And in the class for the newbies, what are the main things that they need to know? The biggest thing that we teach them first off is you're here because you want to add basically some spice to your life, whatever aspect it is. We are not a fixer-upper. If you have problems with your relationship, please don't come here and hope that we're going to fix it. We'll go ahead and explain the rules and guidelines of the lifestyle as well as of the club. We will take them through step-by-step. We will give them examples how they can approach other couples or other individuals and convey what it is that they're looking for. But consent is one of the things that we try to instill into them. Just because you go up and you talk to somebody about spending some time with them doesn't mean that this, this, and this is going to automatically happen. You have to ask for permission and also ask, what is it that you are looking for? With all that being said, you don't want to cross those consent lines as far as what their boundaries are. So communication between the couple is conveyed very strongly to make sure that they understand, hey, these are my boundaries, and that's what they need to convey to other people. So that all that right there does fall under the consent portion. On Night Moves, we talk a lot about the talk that couples need to have before they engage in sex, before they take off their clothes, about particularly safe sex. It seems to me that with a livestock club, you've got to do that and a whole lot more. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we do. It is an ongoing class over and over again, every week we reiterate it to those folks because of the nature of the beast, as it were. Yes, safe sex essentials usually are provided. If you have certain preferences of condoms or lubes or stuff that you guys like to use, doesn't necessarily mean we have it, so definitely bring your own. Has swinging or the lifestyle changed over the years? Oh my goodness, Without yes. a doubt. Oh yes. 
In the vein of consent. Back in the day, it was basically couples only. It has expanded now to the point where we have the single females. If they're coming looking for couples to play with, we call them unicorns. They're the Um, mystical creatures that can never be found. uh, (laughs) The problem that we have is some females who are single, they're coming and they're looking for females only. Okay, so at that moment, they're self-identifying as lesbians, not unicorns. And we have some difficulty of some of those don't realize that's what they're doing. And they're actually conveying a false statement to, say, couples where another female who's married likes that unicorn, but doesn't realize that her husband's not going to be able to participate. And that can cause awkward situations. Is a single woman at any age still a unicorn? Most definitely. Even old ones? <laughs> Most definitely. Most I definitely. Mean, any age. If you have a single woman who's looking to be promiscuous with another couple, yeah, they're definitely a unicorn. doesn't matter if they're 18 or 88. And if the woman's straight, does she have to engage with the other female? No. No. Not necessarily. Um, they may end up becoming bicurious, and things may get a little touchy-feely, but doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to happen. No. It used to be that single men were discouraged or excluded. Is that still the same situation? Discouraged, yes. Because, by nature, men are hunters. And if you have a single male, his goal is, I'm going out to find someone to play with and he may not realistically in his own mind have understood I have boundaries on me now if I'm in this environment if I go into the lifestyle it's just not me going hey and if it was a bad night so what in the lifestyle it has repercussions it affects other couples it basically makes a name for you which is not good And it can cause you problems down the road, whereas you go to a club and you're just sitting at that bar, sipping on your soda the whole night long and not understanding what happened. And not all single men actually understand and follow the rules. Some actually have to be spoken with numerous times. And because of that, if we deem that they're just not learning, we'll go ahead and we'll remove them from the environment of our club and get rid of that drama. So ideally, the couples come in, you kind of get to know each other, decide who you like, who you might want to do more things with. It's not a situation where you just walk up to somebody, you look good, hey, let's go. There are some couples that are like that. Hey, y'all look good, let's go have some fun. But a lot of the couples in today's society kind of want to get to know you a little bit before they go anywhere. Because some people want not only that physical connection, but also that mental connection as well. That in itself is what makes you more attractive. You may be physically appealing, but that's only the first thing that just caught somebody's attention. It's when you make them laugh, you show that you're intelligent, you're very knowledgeable on many subjects. You're interesting, you've done things. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. During our discussion today, it seems like consent is the most important thing to have a lifestyle club go and work as it should. But you had mentioned there are some time when people do try to push the boundaries with consent. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes, the ladies are the bigger offenders of violating the guidelines of consent. 
It's probably due to the overwhelming realization that I now am in charge, whereas women haven't historically been in charge. They now are the power. They say what goes. The roles are reversed. Yeah, agreed. When we give that newbie class that we spoke about earlier, we let the women know that this is a woman's house built by women for women with rules to protect the women. So we've already just empowered them beyond belief, and now they kind of take that one step further. It's nothing. If they look across the room and they see somebody that they deem cute or handsome, They'll walk up and they'll say something funny or get their attention and they'll give a hug. And the next thing you know, that guy's been groped and he had no clue who this woman was two minutes ago. Checking out his package, huh? And then some. They'll do that. They'll reach around, squeeze his ass cheek. Unfortunately, when stuff like that does happen, the spouse of that gentleman who just got unwelcomedly groped can actually cause issues between that other couple. She never went to his wife or girlfriend and said, he's cute. Can I do this? Can I have your permission to do this? So if you did see a good looking guy, you wanted to go grope. I can't imagine that on a first meeting, but... It happens a lot, actually. Oh, then so, yes. you should ask permission of the person as well as their partner. Me as a male, I went up to a couple and I wanted to introduce myself. Just an etiquette thing. I would introduce myself to him first and let him introduce his wife and then get the consent from after that point and vice versa. If my wife went to someone else, she would introduce herself to the female first and let her introduce the husband. So there wouldn't be a thing where you'd walk up, grab her boob. Hey, are those real? Not no. at all. Uh, no. uh, I mean, one of the major rules in that club, don't touch without asking. So you've got to have that it's, consent. It is permission first. Yes. Me as a male, I want to get the permission from the husband first. If he says yes, then I'm going to ask her permission. Hey, your husband said it's okay. Can I please touch you? Or can I kiss you? Whatever the case is. But that consent has got to be there. So we're always under the impression it's the male that pushes the envelope. And say a regular club or a regular dating thing. Yeah, he knows what consent is, but... You know, we're kissing. How push her head down between my legs? Or in a common social environment, like a regular nightclub, You'll yeah, see more you will that. definitely see that. But around our lifestyle clubs, it's it, not necessarily like that. It's the additional rules and guidelines that we say you will not violate these. If you do, you're gone. So there is that fear of okay, they told me it's wrong. If I do this, I run a chance of being expelled from this getting shamed kicked out of the club yeah Yeah. seems like it might be a really good idea to have rules along that vein for all clubs it wouldn't hurt it would be nice to see but monitoring that type of environment is not an easy task yeah you're gonna get a lot of people that because they don't want to be boxed in I'm going out to have a drink, and I'm going to catcall it to women because that's what I want to do. I've had a rough week. And he goes there, and if the manager or a bartender tells him, hey, quit doing that, he's going to flip him off and cuss him out. And you know what? I'll take my money elsewhere. But if he has an invested interest in that particular establishment, knowing that if I break those rules, I'm not coming to this, and I want to be here. So that kind of adds a little extra authoritative weight as far as we're concerned for those guys. But the biggest thing about those guys, some of them may not have been taught or may not have been brought up on to understand that, you know, there are certain rules on consent. There are certain things that you need to understand as a male. Physically, you're stronger than the females, okay? Okay. 
just because a woman says yes doesn't mean that she wants you to tie her up or she wants you to throw her about and have rough sex because that's not what she agreed to. So you need to understand that you have to ask for those additional things that you think she might want, but you don't know until you ask. Agreed. A consent's only part of it. You've got to know their boundaries. You've got to know their limitations. Even though you have consent doesn't mean that their boundaries are way out there. Those boundaries can be very, very short. It's been great having you on the show, and I sure enjoyed the discussion. So what's your closing thoughts on consent? Consent is an individual thing. One person consents to something, another person says the exact same thing. It can be different. You have to understand that consent means a minimum, not a maximum. And if there's something that you want to explore with a person or persons, communication is the best way and it alleviates any doubt or questions. Just ask. Along those same lines, just because you asked doesn't mean that the consent's always going to be mutual. In and around this lifestyle, no is a complete sentence. So find out not only you know with the consent, but their boundaries and limitations on how far that consent goes. Thank you so much, Donnie and Jay, for being on Night Moves. Night Moves, answering the questions you don't want to ask. Working on mysteries without Please send your questions to nightmovesksym at gmail.com. And please give your age range and your gender. Names will not be described. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about sex, baby. Questions and comments. The question is from a male in his 40s. My living girlfriend says sex is getting boring. What could I do to surprise her in bed? Well, I would first ask your girlfriend what what she means by sex is boring. What what makes sex exciting for her? Ask it in a positive way rather than a negative way. So what does exciting sex look like for you? Right. You know, is she wanting more spontaneity? Is she wanting more aggression? Is she wanting more... Romance. Right. What is she wanting? Get clear on Is he just a wham-bam and doesn't think about you? Also, you know, don't assume that because she said the sex is boring, that she's bored with you. A lot of men take that very personally. And it is not your sole responsibility as the male in this relationship to make it exciting. It is a joint effort. Teamwork, folks. That's right. So since we talked a lot about consent, again, kind of find out what she means by that and don't take it personally and then figure out what you could do together, like visit a sex shop or do something positive. And how about instead of surprising her in bed, surprise her in the kitchen. Right. Yeah, there you go. That's right. Do the dishes for her. Give her a massage. Sometimes I've heard my girlfriend say if they want sex, the sexiest thing he could do would be do the dishes because they have work, the children, and all the house responsibility. And sure, he's got a lot of time to think about sex. The question is from a female in her 30s. I'm dating a new guy. I invited him over for a sexy dinner, hoping for a happy ending. 
I spent days shopping for special ingredients and hours cooking and baking. And my friends say I'm a really good cook. I served him in a skimpy apron with little under it. And when I served him, he questioned every ingredient and refused to even take a bite. I was so frustrated by the end. I had no feelings for sex. Should I just dump him? To me, this is a communication issue. Number one, instead of hoping for this happy ending after you cook him a dinner, communicate that fact. Hey, come on over and I'll cook you dinner. And let me be clear about the fact that if I cook you dinner, I expect sex in kind. That's pretty clear. Also, he needs to communicate the fact that he's either a picky eater or a bit OCD about what he puts in his mouth. Um, so you guys <laughs> need to have a conversation. As someone who really likes to cook, I would never cook a big dinner for someone unless I tried to find out what they like. Like, I like to cook seafood, but not everyone eats it. So I'd like to have an idea of what he likes to eat. I'm a non-meat eater. Is he just a meat potatoes? So first of all, I would ask, and yes, communicate clearly. But I have heard guys say that a woman cooking for them is the sexiest thing a woman can do. Find out what he likes. If you don't want to cook for a picky eater, then dump him. Catch up on past episodes on Mixcloud.com slash NightMovesKSYM. Please send us your questions and comments to NightMovesKSYM at gmail.com. Good night, and I hope you find yourself in bed with a book you love or someone who's already read one. Hey, y'all, have a great night. Don't do anything I wouldn't do, but if you're going to do it, do it safe. Good night. Have a fabulous week and tune in next week to Night News. Exploration of contemporary sexuality. Good night, all. Night.